Hello, live streamers. Guess what? This is a great time to be a baseball fan. There are great stars out there. There are great teams out there. There are super exciting players out there. And there is one team that seems to want to sign every big player, to sign every big free agent, to bring in every big name. Those big market greedy San Diego Padres. That's right. We're going to be talking Padres. It's a good time to be a Padre fan, and it's always a good time to bring Javier Reyes to Lockdown MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I can prove it because I have a lower third. You can call me Sully right there. You see that right there from the YouTubes? And if you're not watching me on the YouTubes, then you're going to miss my face. And what a face it is. Hey, I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so. And I've been at the Lockdown Podcast Network for four years, a whole presidential term. Can I be reelected? We'll find out for sure. I think I'm the leader. But you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods and on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Padres with the aforementioned Javier Reyes. Uh, I am still on Twitter. I have not figured out that Mastodon garbage yet. No clue. Uh, follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you're watching us live on the on the stream, on the YouTubes, uh, feel free to throw something in the chat. Now, the San Diego Padres had sky-high expectations for 2021. So high your pal Sully picked him to win the World Series, which in the end, I felt like I must have been high because they were not good that year. But they turned things around and they stayed in a position for a playoff spot from pretty much May all the way to the end of the year. But hey, they're just happy to be there, right? They're going to play the 100 win Mets. There's no way they're going to. They, oh, oh, but they're playing the Dodgers who spanked them like, oh. The San Diego Padres got closer to the World Series than they have in any year since 1998. And let me tell you something. It made a lot of people in San Diego very happy, but it made one person extraordinarily happy, and that man's name is Javier Reyes. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's been not too long since the last time we did a, no. a, a crossover, it feels like. But even, even still, it's, it's always been a pleasure. It's, what, going on like three years now, and... It's so funny the kind of like every time we have a chat, it's always the Padres are so interesting always. And I mean, it, whether it be the no hitter that you, of course, famously predicted, you prophesized, of course, everyone go look it up. He got it right before it happened. Uh, whether it be that, whether it be just the crazy moves they made, whether it be, if I'm not mistaken, one of my first podcasts on this network was when I was on and you asked me to talk you into whether your next favorite team should be the Mariners or the Padres. 
I believe that's or at least one of the first few podcasts. Uh, that was that was one of our first ones. Yeah, that was back yeah. And in, in uh, fairness, I will say both routes good for you. Yeah, yeah, I will but, say both both routes have been very fun. Mariners happened a little bit more recently, and then the Padres sure. have been a little bit more fun because of all the trades and everything. But yeah, look, a rare win-win that doesn't happen a lot in sports. So congrats to you on that. Well, I, you know, I'm very proud of it. Uh, those who who are baseball history fans will note I'm wearing my Seattle Pilots shirt. Uh, big fan of the history of the Pilots' lone season in the Major League Baseball. Read the book Ball Four, written by the great Jim Bouton. I was on it. I was actually performed on a storytelling show where I told a story about the Polo Grounds, and one of the other storytellers on the show that I did for the Moth was Jim Bouton, and he told stories about his days with both the Yankees. He played with alongside you know Mickey Mantle and all them, and then later found himself on the expansion. Seattle Pilots. Um, so just, you know, just FYI. When I had you on the last time, it was kind of down the stretch. And I told you about my stat that I created called the summer score, which mm-hmm. I keep track of the number of days that a team is in a playoff spot after Memorial Day. Before Memorial Day, it's too early. It's just, it's wackadoodle. But after Memorial Day, if you're in a playoff spot, you get one point for every day you're in a playoff spot between Memorial Day and the end of June, two points in July, three points in August, four points in September, because it, you know, it, it means more to a fan base, the deeper you go in. And I remember pointing out to you because the Padres had an up and down season. I said, do you know, they have a perfect summer score that Mm -hmm. not one single day after Memorial Day did not include a moment where the Padres were not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. That might be grammatically correct. I may have to break that one down in the transcript. But the <laughs> every single day, if you picked up the paper, boy, I just aged myself. If you looked at your app and you saw the standings, every single day from Memorial Day to the end of the season, the Padres were a playoff team. So by that rationale, that's a perfect summer. And it didn't feel like a perfect summer <laughs> for Padres fans. But that being said... Uh, the, both what happened with both San Diego and Philadelphia was a great lesson. You got, you got two great lessons, and I'll let you talk in a second, but I'm older than you. You got two great lessons that Philadelphia and San Diego taught us. First of all, go for it. That fifth or sixth playoff spot, you you know, get it, roll, roll the dice, take your chances. But the other main thing that those two teams taught us is if you have a chance to get a generational talent, do it. Just do mm-hmm. it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the prospects. Get the player who's a generational talent. And you saw, you know, the, the Padres got two generational talents in Machado and Soto over the last few years. Obviously, Philadelphia acquired Bryce Harper. But, you know, that to me says a lot saying, hey, get the talent. And and the point I made with you about acquiring Juan Soto, whatever tr- prospects you trade for Juan Soto are going to be roughly the same age as Juan Soto. So you mm-hmm. might as well go for Juan Soto. But mm-hmm. uh, talk to me about this change of attitude of the big market bully Padres. Yeah, I will. The big market bully is right, man. I, I will say that usually I, I don't want to go all in on the superstars. I slightly disagree with you. But what you mentioned about the age is key. The fact mm-hmm. that Soto is also young. This wasn't even a 27-year-old, which is still no. young. But like, 
it's like, well, you're hoping that these guys become what Soto is and at the age. So I think that that is a really key component of it all, plus the years of control. I was vocal about how I, I of course, loved the Juan Soto trade. It did wonders. It was fantastic. I was shaking at work. Don't tell my boss. I absolutely was not totally focused that day. It was it was just wild seeing all the notifications coming in. That part alone made it like worth it. Like I want the Padres to trade for everybody just for the thrill that it gives you. And I think that's what's the most fun thing about being a Padres fan is that you know that they're committed. You know that yeah, say they have a little bit of a, a whatever off season and maybe they don't sign a big guy. You still have this feeling that like don't worry, they're still keeping their eye open. Maybe they just didn't like this crap. Right. Maybe they didn't like a Nick Castellanos or Kyle Schwarber. And instead they knew maybe someone else will become available in the future and ended up happening. And the other thing I I will say, though, is in fairness, the Padres do have a lot of stars. And I would say the whole trading and and acquiring that once in a generation talent should especially apply to some of these other teams that don't have the superstar already. Right. Like go go Tampa. Right. Tampa Mm -hmm. should be a team that's like, you know, what? it's been long enough. We're going to go out and trade for. Jose Ramirez. I know that he's not on the table, but like we're just doing it because you know what? He he's crazy good. The Padres, in fairness, still had Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. So it wasn't like a show us moment. Instead, it was just like, yeah, why not? Let's just go for this guy too. And that's just so exciting and obviously uh played a big role in it. And the fact that they have potentially three MVP uh candidates, one of which should have won the MVP. Uh, the third baseman. Uh, the fact that they have those guys all in the same lineup at some point this upcoming season, and yeah. they're not done. It's hey, baseball. Take notes. This is how you. This is how you do stuff. And hey, look, I mean, I'm still so like forget the the Yu Gi Oh logo. Like this is the Dodger fan tears. I've been staying hydrated yeah. for months now with this bad boy. Months, absolutely months, and it's it's awesome. And even if they didn't win the World Series, they were still like you said, the closest they've been since '98 when they ran to the Yankees buzzsaw. Um, but like, they were just, ah, I could talk about it forever, man. It's, it's so much fun. And I'm glad that uh, they, they've really shown what baseball can and often really should be. Well, yeah. And then I think one thing that it's done is they've shown that they are trying to secure the house by bringing in these young players and bringing in these superstars and say, telling mm-hmm. the fans, we're going to be secure we're going to play it. We're not playing it safe. We're playing it as if we're guarding this home and we're going to give us some security moving into the next year. And if you are looking about home security, may I recommend Simply Safe? Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering. off their award-winning security system so families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system, say that three times fast, for half off today and enjoy advanced security and a greater peace of mind in this holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency 24-7 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires floods, and other threats to your home. 
24-7 professional monitoring service for less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professional installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm, disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the best security system out there. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. That's the biggest discount of the year. Don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Sing the song with me, Javi. There's no safe like Simply Simply Safe. safe. (laughs) We're with Javier Reyes. One really important thing, which may be difficult to quantify in terms of statistics, but I think Mm -hmm. it was relevant for both San Diego and for Philadelphia, as the two teams that met in the league championship series, is the Phillies haven't been relevant since Ryan Howard fell in a heap in 2011. And the Padres have had one postseason series since since uh, Matt Holiday didn't touch home plate in the wild card game. And that year, if I'm not mistaken, well, that was the, that was the COVID year. And so I don't, I don't think, did they play a home series or not? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't, but it didn't matter. It was cardboard no, cutouts. Yeah. It was, it was, card- it was against it was freaking- the Cardinals. They did. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. But there was cardboard cutouts. It was COVID, you mm-hmm. know, and it was, you know, that whole slam Diego thing was done in front of nobody. So, like, for the first time in really a generation, Padre fans had something to really get behind Mm -hmm. and build some memories and have a sense of excitement. And, you know, when you're trying to build a fan base, you're trying to build a following, you know, providing those memories for a new bunch of people, for for anyone who's under 15, 16 years old, Mm-hmm. They have no I mean, hell under twenty years old. If you use the rule of seven, that you'll really start having these memories till you're seven years old. There are twenty two, mm-hmm. twenty three year old Padre fans with no real memory of a team this exciting, and so good for them for remembering. Hey, let's build our fan base here. Absolutely, and I think that another thing is they're also a really fun team. I mean, the Slam Diego thing you just mentioned, all the trades, and then probably I know that it's been bad lately, but Tatis is still like one of the guys of baseball, like Juan Soto's great. Manny Machado's great. Mike Trout's great. Bryce Harper's great, but everybody knows about Tatis. There's a reason why no matter what sports show you'll be watching, uh, his suspension thing was the top story because everybody's for the sport and how exciting he is. I think that there's definitely a lot of fans who got into the team. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty nascent, you know, new fan myself and watching the 2020 season and seeing how just electric the fan base is. And this isn't just a, a thing that can't be supported by like facts and whatnot. Like they were one of the top five uh, um, fan attendance teams this year. Mm -hmm. And they've been that way for a little while. And I think that part of this is because San Diego has got a great culture. It's a nice place. The Petco park is great. The team is great. And the commitment to the team is great. And I will say that I think another part of this is that they just kind of, they're kind of seizing the opportunity, I think, that there's no real other team in San Diego right now. There is the Aztecs if you want to bring college basketball, I know, and they love getting bounced in March Madness after like the first round every year. I get it, whatever. But aside from that, ever since the Chargers left, 
kind of left a little bit of a vacuum there. And I, I imagine that the Sidlers and ownership and whatnot probably said, hey, this is interesting. Not only do we have some really good talent here, but also there's a vacuum here. And maybe if we go in and, and jump all in on this, we have something really special on our hands. And that's what they've been, right? I mean, we talked about the Phillies. Even the Phillies fan base uh, didn't show up as much for the Phillies. Right. They're, they're, I mean, Philadelphia, notoriously a little bit uh, a little bit front runnery. They, they like to yell at their players from Twitter and then mm-hmm. curse at them and occasionally fight them in some cases uh, as the, uh, the what was it, the, the Eagles that one year? Um, right. Like, they, they love to do that. But then when they're good, they'll show up. And then they make fun of everybody, and then they hide in the background. It's, you know, I have a lot of beef with the, the Philly fans <laughs> after what happened with the playoffs. It's not because of losing either. I didn't like the comments about how their fan base was better than San Diego. No, 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 no. All, no, no, all no. discussion, all discussion about the Philadelphia families is purely the opinion of Javier Reyes and does not reflect <laughs> the opinions of the Lockdown MLB Network or the affiliates or Simply Safe. Yeah, Go absolutely. On. But my thing is, hey, I mean, don't be 16th in attendance. Oh, well, we don't have stars. You have Bryce Harper. Shut up. Like, what are you talking about? And you have had him for a while now, so I don't want to hear it. The Philadelphia fans can be really, really passionate and awesome when they're good. Pretend you don't exist if yeah. you're not guaranteed a playoff berth. Right, they they like guarantees, but with the Padres, they show up, they're excited, and they keep going for it, and it's so refreshing. In a year that one of the players they acquired, Sully, Josh Hader, that was from a team that was in first place, and th- what is their no no no? It wasn't uh, we'll trade our asset, but then we're gonna get somebody else. No no no. The biggest move for a team that was leading their division was trading away their asset. I know he was rough for a little bit and then got better, as we saw in the playoffs and the end of the regular season. But that's the problem with baseball. There wasn't the second move. Why aren't they the ones that are going after Jose Abreu immediately? And Rowdy Tellez was fine this year, whatever. But you get my point, right? I get your point. Padres are, like, always going for it. And this was the year, like, I thought last year Milwaukee was going to make a run in the postseason. I thought Mm -hmm. they had great pitching. This was the year for the Brewers to make a run like that. And instead, they traded away an all-star pitcher who, yes, was slumping badly, but they it did the move that move never made sense. But let's let's not make this be bashing Philadelphia <laughs> and Milwaukee. I'm trying to stay positive here. You made right, a great right, right. point that the Padres saw a chance to fill a sports vacuum. That this is San Diego is the only uh team in baseball, where, well, I guess now Oakland, too. Oakland and San Diego are the only teams where it's baseball only. Mm-hmm. You know, every other city has another team. Now, now since the Warriors and the Raiders have left, but it's still the Bay Area. And I've been in the Bay Area long enough to know that, you know, you're still sharing the Bay Area with San Francisco at this point. Um, kind of like San Jose, Oakland, San Francisco are all kind of like a, a triangle of cities in that area. Um, San Diego's alone. I mean, it's, you know, it's not close enough to Anaheim or to L.A. It's its own market. Mm-hmm. And I've called it Buffalo by the sea because mm-hmm. of the the hard luck that they've had, you know, with the Chargers losing, you know, the Aztecs getting bounced. Padres have only won the World Series of that made-for-TV movie with Gary Coleman. And <laughs> so to have a – but the but Padre fans never get the credit for their long-suffering 
because the weather's beautiful. There has to yeah. be this sense of you know, your team went wide right and the and the field goal attempt to win the Super Bowl, and you mm-hmm. have to shovel your driveway. You know, mm-hmm. instead of I can't believe that uh, Harper hit that home run. Let's go surf. You know, yeah. it's a different it's a different uh, mentality. But think about how small the market is for the Padres. To the south, you have Mexico, which is primarily Dodger fans, really in Mexico. Mm-hmm. In the to the east you have a desert. To the north you have the Dodgers and the Angels, two very popular teams whose fan bases are kind of entrenched in their ways. And to the west you have water. So it's really kind of boxed in there, and with no other teams. And you're right, they could have cried poverty. Instead, they're saying, "Let's be the team of San Diego." And there's no reason why the Padres couldn't become maybe not with the deep roots of the Cardinals, but that sense of, hey, when you come to San Diego, you love the Friars because that's our team and that's our Mm -hmm. chance at the big time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm grateful for it. I think it's great. And I think it's great that for a sport that doesn't have a lot of teams that are doing that, that the Padres went the other way. And they said, let's let's do this, man. And they, they keep showing commitment. Yes, they haven't made like giant giant moves that maybe people are used to but they are still showing that they're very intent on keeping this this was not a that first year that aj preller came in one hit wonder thing oh he makes all the trades in the world we see that in a lot of sports i'm talking detroit pistons they trade all their first round picks for blake griffin and then they just and they, they fade away right like this isn't just a team that's doing it one year and that's it they've been doing this ever since aj preller has been there and the side there's have been ownership and and it, it really is. And if you're a, hey, if you're someone who's trying to get into baseball, but maybe you don't want to go with the Yankees, you don't want to go with a Red Sox or a Dodgers because it feels a little bit too much. Like that's the top of the top. Hey, the Padres are right there, man. And it's a crazy chaotic fan base in usually a good way. Just make sure that you don't say, don't say anything ill about maybe Manny Machado or anything like that. As long as you don't do that, as long as you don't bring up the hustle narrative, I think Padres fans can be pretty welcoming. Well, At least usually. Sure, I think it's a surefire bet that if you decide to follow the Padres, you're going to have a lot of fun. If you want to make any bets, go to BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. .net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And by the way, thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen. Obviously, your second listen has to be Lockdown Padres. But <laughs> after that, check out Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter the most. To the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Javi Reyes, we have some people in the uh, in the chat Ooh. who are saying some <laughs> stuff. Um, let's just bring up one here. Uh, Lover of California writes, uh, next season for Padres, Soto, Machado, Tatis. Let's go. Let's now go after a pitcher, Carlos Rodon. What do you I've think? I've heard of Carlos Rodon. I've heard of him. I will say 
starting pitcher market is never necessarily known because of that's just the how the position is never necessarily known for being uh, something that has a, a you know a, a lot of depth when it comes to free agents. But this year feels especially shallow. It doesn't feel like there's too many game changers there, which is why I'm not totally in on Carlos Rodon. I think he's a very good pitcher, but my general feeling about the Padres is they have the stars. They've had those stars that they've never had. All those years of fans complaining that they were prospect hugging. Well, they got rid of those prospects and they got that talent. They spent the money and they got the talent. I think they need tertiary pieces. And I think that there's going to be a team that overpays for Carlos Rodon, an excellent pitcher. And I think it speaks volumes that he was excellent this year, despite having one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in baseball behind them in the Giants. Um, I think it speaks volumes. I think he's a great pitcher, but has a lot of injury risk, right? And that always worries me. And I think the Padres, that there are some options out there and they should go for depth instead. I think that they should be going for depth when it comes to the offense too, because they have the aforementioned stars and their rotation. If they didn't have the guys that they have, I would be all in on, on going for Rodon. But you've got Darvish, you've got Snell, you've got Musgrove, and Nick Martinez is not too bad for a number four. And even as a guy who could potentially be in the bullpen, I don't mind that. So maybe we maybe uh, take a visit down memory lane, go after Corey Kluber, who they famously got rid of. Maybe Jose Quintana, maybe some of these other pitchers. I don't know. That's my kind of vibe. I would love Rodon, obviously. But I think that there's going to be a team out there that pays them a whole lot. And I think as evidenced by the Jose Abreu contract that just got given out, I don't think the Padres are trying to make a, a one big move. I think they're trying to make a lot of, you know, smaller moves and then maybe do something towards the deadline. You know what I mean? Cause that, and, but then again, I could be crazy and they could sign Xander Bogarts and Carlos Rodon tomorrow. That's what's so fun. Sully. they could do anything. Anything is on the table. Let me ask you about first base. Um, hmm. But by one, one of the things I actually admire a lot about what the Padres did this year was at one point they cut bait with, um, uh, 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 what's his name? Hosmer. Of Haas, yes. And look at Hosmer obviously was a wonderful player with Kansas City. It didn't work out in San Diego. And they cut bait, which takes mm-hmm. some courage, especially for a team that says, Oh, we can't afford to do that. Da, 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 da. Um and uh I think the fact that they were able to do that shows a certain amount of dedication. Now let me ask you a question about first base. What are you gonna do there? There's a lot of players. Mm-hmm. kind of rotated around first base this year. I'm not sure which ones are signed and which ones are not at this point. Um, I know they had Will Myers. I know they had Bell. I know they had um, Drury played some at first. Uh, what's going to be the situation at first base with San Diego for next year? There's not too many crazy options outside of Jose Abreu and Anthony Rizzo, both of which have signed with uh, teams, obviously. Abreu News just came out, talked about that on the podcast as well. If you want to take flyers on Dom Smith of the New York Mets, if you want to take a flyer on Miguel Sano, the Padres are a team that has been desperate for power. Uh, I personally would rather ignore Miguel Sano because he strikes out way too much and I just think is not very good. Or I think what's more likely now that Jose Abreu is off the table is that they're moving Jake Cronenworth to first base and they add another piece, whichever position it is. They could add Bogarts and then move Kim to a bench role, and then Tatis plays the outfield. Or they add an outfielder, and then Kim moves around. Or they don't do – there's a lot of different things they can do, and I think because Abreu is gone that Cronenworth is probably increasingly likely to play first base, and he can play first base very well. 
it's either that or they just give Josh Bell another chance. Josh right. Bell, not very good defensively, but I don't care. And to be honest, I still didn't care that much that Josh right. Bell's tenure in San Diego wasn't that good because of Eric Hosmer. I could talk for another 45 minutes about why exactly Eric Hosmer drove Padres fans insane. And it's not just because he underperformed. I promise you, it is not just that. It is a whole amalgamation of issues uh, ranging from his personality to how he played to the way the media covered him, all sorts of things. For me, I first base is an issue, but I don't know. First base is kind of shallow right now in baseball. It's not like there's too many guys out there that make sense. I can't really see anyone for trade, right? So I don't know. I, I, I'm totally right. cool if they decide to go back and say, hey, Josh Bell stunk in the second half. Let's get him on the cheap. But yeah, and also, like, Kim's versatility allows you mm-hmm. to make some moves around and see if you can make some without, you know, breaking the bank. Where is Tatis going to play next year? You mentioned him in the outfield. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way I see it is with what happened, what transpired this past year, he's lost the kind of, I don't want to say respect. That's a little bit of a strong word. But that ability for everyone to be like, you know what? Who cares? He's a sh- he's the shortstop. Let him play wherever he wants. I think that after what happened this year, the Padres are going to look around and be like, hey, man, we need you to be good in the outfield because you let us down last year. So shortstop, you have to earn that back, especially because what you just mentioned, Hassan Kim, very good defensive player, was a gold glove finalist. And it wasn't one of those like gold glove finalists where like they didn't actually deserve it and they only got it because of the name value. Guy yeah. in right field for the Padres. uh that, that might have been the case with him. But with Kim, very capable. He improves offensively. The team loves him. Manny Machado clearly loves him. So I think that that's part of what it is. Now we'll have to see. If Tatis can't play in the outfield to save his life, then that's what what, what, what will probably happen, right? But he's super talented. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's a freak athlete. I imagine he's going to want to prove that he can play that position. That's That's my vibe about Tatis. I think he wants to go in and be like, you know what? I let the team down, so I'm going to play wherever they want me to, and they're going to be amazing, right? So that's what um, I'm hoping they do. Um, as I see now, someone's mentioning they lost Clevenger and I had They need another pitcher. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I just don't think you need only Rodon. The solution is not just stars uh, in baseball. Go ask the Atlanta Braves uh, about what it takes to win a World Series. It's not just stars uh, to acquire for big moves. I, I would love Rodon, obviously, but I don't think um, that that's the only way. By the way, Lover of California, who'd made that comment, says when they asked Peller where Tatis was going to play, Peller <laughs> said on the field. Yeah. He said, Which actually, on the field. actually, um, I was going to ask, should he be the DH? So, you know, I mean, that, that, that actually is not the as crazy a statement as you'd think. It's, it's not. It's really not. I mean, there's, I, I love it. I really do. I think that, um, with Tatis, the DH, I think that that could be a certainly where he plays half of his time or, a quarter of his time or something like that, because, you know, he's had some issues with the health. He has the shoulder stuff. And of course, you know, he, he's been addressing the shoulder issues, but I don't know. I just think that maybe you want to give him a little bit of a day off with his injury concerns. You say play DH and I wouldn't mind. Tatis is like one of the best pure hitters in baseball. So uh, either way, the Padres are really in a really nice spot to kind of pick and choose where they want to improve. And that if their one top target is off the board, say like Jose Abreu, they still have other options they can do. Um, and I think that that's uh, just what's so exciting about this offseason. 
by the way, a lover of California who has now uh, made 974 comments in the chat section. <laughs> the Astros won the World Series with pitching, Javier. I think he thinks he's he's uh, he thinks you're ignoring the situation. Um, the Astros won with pitching depth. Mm-hmm. The Astros won, and sometimes that pitching depth comes from stars. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes from terrific players you develop through the mm-hmm. system, and sometimes it comes from reclamation projects and pitchers yeah. who, you know, look at if Let's say you sign with San Diego. You know you're going to be playing in a pitcher's ballpark for most of your games. You know, most of the games are there. And if you – I know it's it's going to be in a, a balanced schedule, so it won't be like more games at Dodger Stadium in San Francisco. But, you know, if there, if there are pitchers out there who you look at and go like, hey, this could be – you know, we'll take a flyer on this one, take a flyer on that one. San Diego's a great place to pitch. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a hitter, uh, pitcher-friendly park. And here's the thing with, with the Astros, like, we don't know. I mean, did you really know? I mean, we probably did. But did people really know who Christian Javier and Framber Valdez were a couple years ago? No, people knew who maybe Lance McCullers was over them, right? People knew who Blake Snell was. I guess who's been more effective? It's those back end guys when you already have the stars go fishing around yeah go searching and yeah i know that the astros won with their pitching i get it they had verlander he's a pretty good pitcher last time i checked but i really do think yeah wade miley that's a guy who can give you innings as a fifth starter i love that taiwan walker he was pretty effective for the mets there are guys carlos Rodon and jacob Degrom, who are two players that are excellent some health risks though. And I think that teams are going to pay a lot for them. I'd rather scatter the money across the board and take a chance on a couple guys. I, I don't even mind someone like um, Jose Quintana or is Jacob Rizzi a free agent? I don't even know. I'm looking at the list. I, now, it's but... hard to tell. I, yeah. I never remember. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always a, a crap ton of free agents that are available that you just forget about. Mike yeah. Fultonevich, remember that dude? out of Atlanta? Well, yeah. And do you know what I always wish? I always wish a team like the Pirates – would just sign 26 guys, you know, when yeah, spring right. training begins and basically reenact the opening scenes of major league <laughs> and just be like, Hey, you know, just say, mm-hmm. Hey, we stink this year. Um, we're we uh, Brian Hayes and that's it. Everybody else yeah, is on everyone else deal. Just summon in, <laughs> see what you got. And if they click for one year and they, you know, they pull it off and pull a 2013 Red Sox. Great. And uh, if not, we got trade, we got trade chips. So, uh, well, look at you got, look at, this is going to be, this is a fun time and let's not get around one other key factor. And that is one of the biggest moves the Padres did before the 2022 season was bringing in Bob Melvin, mm-hmm. one of the best managers in all of baseball we took one look at, are we rebuilding the A's again? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> really? Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. And, you know, all those years with the A's where he where he put some teams in the postseason that had no business being in the postseason. You know, that 2012 team that won the division over Texas, the year began with people saying that was a disgrace, that they traded away all these players and look at this terrible team they have. And they went on to win the first of two straight division titles and another trip to the wild card. And what did they do? They put two sticks of dynamite in that team and blew them up. Just as they're instead, wait, aren't they a young up and coming team? No, they asked for more than minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you saw that Melvin dealt 
has, was dealt with a lot of bad hands throughout the year, including the, the suspension of Tatis and the collapse of Hosmer, kept a pretty steady hand, never fouled the playoffs, wound up beating the Mets, wound up beating Los Angeles, got to within three wins of the World Series. Um, he, Melvin is, you know, Dusty Baker was coronated uh, when they win the World Series. Okay, he's now done everything he'd want to do to win a World Series. Melvin has won multiple managers of the year, took a Diamondbacks team that had a negative run differential in 2007, but won 90 games with a negative run differential and got to the NLCS with that team, took a bunch of A's teams that were basically quadruple A teams uh, to the postseason and took a San Diego Padre team to the NLCS beating, you know, eliminating two 100 win teams along the way. The only thing on Melvin's resume that he has not accomplished is winning a world series. If he wins a world series with San Diego, we have to start talking about Melvin as a hall of fame manager. Mm. Cause then what else would you want him to do? It's, it's funny. Cause that's, this is one of those topics. That's like one that we might, that might catch more traction later, right? But it's it's true when you look at the body of work, like everything you just mentioned, he's been great. As a Padres fan, I thought he said all the right things. I thought he brought a sense of, we're not going to limit fun, but we're just going to kind of, you know, we got rid of the swag chain and said we're doing the pictures. And every time the team seemed like, uh-oh, this is what happened last year. They lose three out of four to the Rockies, whatever, right? And then that was the sign, and then things fall apart. Then you get the reports, and you get the clubhouse stuff. Never really happened. Everybody just seemed locked in, and but not in like a hyper focused way. More of just a a sort of just all right. Let's let's go to work. All right, Tatis is out, no problem. Let's just keep going. We've been without him anyway, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I know that managers is a tough thing to evaluate. Bottom line is they keep winning. You know what I mean? Like bottom line is they keep winning. And unlike the A's and some of those other teams. The Padres are willing to actually invest and improve their team right. a lot more, which is not, and not something that Melvin has always had. I was living in the Bay Area for a bunch of those division titles and trips to the playoffs with Oakland. And that calmness, especially with the revolving door of players that was constantly going on with the team, Melvin was the one constant. They made the playoffs in 2012, 2013, 2014, 20, uh, was it 2017? No, 2018, 2019, and 2020. So six times between uh, six times in eight years, or six times in nine seasons, the uh, uh, A's made the playoffs. And the one constant for all that was the steady hand of Bob Melvin. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I just think you, when the when the dust settles, if he manages to win a title in Padre Town, uh, then. Uh, you know, he's going to be looked upon as an all-time great. Just like I look at you as an all-time great, Javier Reyes. Any last thoughts here before we wrap up here? That makes me feel uh, fantastic. So, uh, no, that's that's basically it, man. But look, so just I, I got to reiterate for Padres folks and everyone, like this is still, yes, there isn't, it's not as crazy a free agent class as it was last year. It certainly hasn't been uh, operating as crazy was last year before the lockout when we got like a, a signing every three minutes. But there's still guys out there, and I think that there's some sneaky depth, and I think that the Padres are in the right position to add some guys without just 
just going full in on a couple players. They already added Martinez. They re-signed Suarez, which I think was a, a sneaky move that might pay dividends for them down the line. They're basically saying, we think Hader is going to be awesome and he's going to make what Edwin Diaz made. So instead, let's get Robert Suarez for less. That's what I think they did there. So exciting offseason, as always, for the Padres, man. And I can't wait to see what they do next. By the way, Sneaky Depth is going to be the name of your autobiography. Uh, by the <laughs> way, uh, let's give a shout-out to uh, David Samuel Blaine, to Lover of California, to Who's On First. A lot of people have been popping into the chat. Good to hear from you all. Uh, that's Javier Reyes, who's the host of the Locked On uh, Padres. Locked yes, on Padres right. podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks right. so much for making us your first listen. Make Locked on Padres second listen. And once again, make Locked on Sports Today your third listen. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about why it's a good time to be a Padres fan with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. This has been Locked on MLB. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you to call me Sully. Call him 